Oh, you know we had to do it on today's bonus Locked On Mavericks. The Mavericks make it trade. We'll talk about Josh Richardson. We'll talk about the draft. Give our thoughts. We're back together, me and Isaac, finally. Yeah, that's true. I'm Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The draft day in studio, son. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Woo. Well, one, I feel like we have a million things we could talk about. Always. Um, That's why we do these. We always go like these bonus shows over draft, free agency, all that. We're ready. Yes. And we have a Dallas Maverick trade. Let's go. Uh, But is it it worth the button? Is it official enough for it to not warrant the button? Not yet. By the time you're listening to this on Saturday, it could be official, though. But for now. The Dallas Mavericks have traded Josh Richardson to the Boston Celtics uh, for nothing. (laughs) They get a $10.9 million traded player exception. Uh, We are quite familiar with the traded player exception uh, after getting the the biggest in history at one point when the Mavericks traded Harrison Barnes to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about maybe players that they could target with that that TPE uh, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get into that. But first, I mean, what do you think about this trade? What was your reaction? Josh Richardson, the comments on Reddit were like, just all time. Like, I hope him, his family did not go on Reddit because they were like chanting Dang. and celebrating his exit from the Mavericks, which I thought was pretty sad. Yeah, it's here's my thing with Josh. He's a great guy. Yep. I don't think he sucks. No. I don't I, I don't think he's a bad NBA player. It just didn't work. And it didn't work for a lot of different reasons. COVID being a huge part of that, that he got COVID, it affected him for a long time. And then it just never, the fit never worked like a lot of us thought it would. I mean, how many moves have people made that it made sense when the the trade happened? I thought it made sense on draft night. They went defense. It wasn't as bad as the Rondo thing. He's not Rondo, so don't like. He was a great teammate, right? Yes. Quit on the team. I mean, he got benched and he was maybe a little bit upset about that, but it's not like he sulked and didn't do anything. Like he went out there and played. Yes. So for him, I'm happy for him. He's going to a playoff team in Boston that he's probably going to have a, a good role on. And for Boston, it's like, dang, you're getting him for free. So yeah. I'm, I think that's a solid move for Boston to have this exception that, and it's not taken up. It's not like they have this cap space. They were waiting to spend on somebody They get him for free. But if you're for Dallas, this is a huge win too, because yeah, we just, you know, I just did a mini hype up session for Josh Richardson, but this was the a big key of the offseason is like how could they dump Richardson's contract because <laughs> he was probably, you know, he was going because to Because he sucks, right? He was going to opt in <laughs> at $11 million. Now, I thought it was going to happen on draft night. I thought that was the main thing. I was I was fully fully expecting a Josh Richardson for pick 52 or whatever it is yeah. in the draft. And, and it didn't happen. I thought Dallas would come away with some type of draft pick. It obviously didn't happen. But when I got the notification today that Josh Richardson was moved, it's like, okay, just further evidence that 
Dallas is really pushing their chips in for this flexibility and for this cap space coming up in a few days. Yeah, so this Josh Richardson trade, uh, he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> he's gone. The Mavericks now have a, a role to fill, I think, and that was a, was a thing that we wanted the, the Mavericks to do. And they get a, a traded player exception for it, which I thought was pretty smart uh, to get that. Yeah. Instead of just dumping him for nothing, trading it, like you said, for the 50s pick or something into somebody's cap space, and you literally get nothing. But at least now you get this traded player exception, wherein that, though, you can... <laughs> where in that you can uh, trade for somebody if you're over the cap into that space. You remember when we had the, the Harrison Barnes one? It's what uh, Boston just did to take Richardson in. So right. like, they had a traded player exception, and that's the brilliant part of this for, for Dallas because, you know, when you looked across the league, if they were going to dump Josh Richardson, it's like, okay, they got to attach something to it probably or take some take back some type of salary, or you're going to be taking – like you're going to be taking up somebody's cap space this summer. You're looking at the teams with cap space saying, will you please take Josh Richardson from us so we can have more cap space? And they're going to say, well, you're going to have to give us something if you're going to, if we're going to take on the salary that you don't want. And so you canvas the league and say, all right, is there a, a, a playoff team out there? Like the perfect dream scenario for Dallas to dump his contract is, is there a dream playoff contending type team that has a traded player exception that says, you know what? We need another vet that it can play on our team, and we're not going to have to give up anything for him. Bam. This Boston situation happens, which for a lot of people, including myself, I didn't think was possible because this exception, the rest of the, the Hayward exception for Boston, it wasn't enough. Like Josh Richardson's money for next year, for next year was going to be like higher than what the exception amount was. So, that's the that was the confusing part for me is I didn't think Boston was a possibility, but Dallas had I don't want to say a loophole, but Dallas had <laughs> was smart about this of saying, man, if we can fit this in before the calendar, well, not the calendar year, the league year moves into next year to where his salary number is at what it is right now, then it can fit into that exception, and that was a brilliant move by the Mavericks. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about when the Mavericks brought in uh, Andrew Baker from the the Brooklyn Nets. He's a you know noted capologist. They kept Keith Grant on on the you know in the Mavericks organization in the front office. He's a guy that's that knows the cap really well. You surround Nico Harrison with these guys and you know Mark Cuban with these guys to be able to uh, pull off stuff like this. And I thought that it was smart. And it just seems like it had that. Well, okay. If we don't do it, or if we do this trade later, we won't get this bonus for it. But if we do it now with his contract from this past season instead of the contract that's going to start yeah. next season on Monday, then all of a sudden it creates this trade of player exception so that when we are over the cap, when we sign to Kyle Lowry, we can then take this $10.9 million and trade it for somebody else, which is what the Celtics just did for Richardson. So it's a, it was I think it was a pretty smart move. Uh, I, I'm going to go back to the Richardson thing and just say, that sucks. It just sucks all around because I had such high hopes for him. I thought that, you know, I saw some of the playmaking he did while he was with the Miami Heat, and I thought that he could maybe get back to some of that, and it just never panned out for him. And sometimes, like you said, it just doesn't work, and it was just a bummer overall. And I, I actually am pretty disappointed with Mavs fans that are celebrating his departure from the Mavericks like he was just this trash player that didn't do anything, uh, which is, I mean, like, it's just, that's just classless to me i think uh, yeah but yeah, yeah so it is what it is and he's not on the mavericks anymore and i hope all the best for him with the boston celtics yeah i'm super excited for him i, I do think he'll help the celtics team too and you know the celtics option 
you know, I was just listening to Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks earlier, you know, their, their post-draft pod, and even they were kind of like counting out the Celtics in that scenario because it's like, oh, you know, they, he's too much for that exception. And it's like, that's where it was so smart for Dallas to do this before this, you know, this yep. league year ended on that. And one of the things we were, we were debating Mavs, you know, Mavs fans on Twitter, whatever we're debating too, of like, okay, well, if we can't, if we can't dump Josh Richardson's salary, can we swap him with a player of, you know, around equal salary that we can get, like that would actually be in the rotation. That'd be a better fit. And I've seen different names thrown out there and like a name, for instance, I've seen somebody say, you know what, what if we just swapped him for Derek Jones Jr.? And it's like, maybe he could be part of the rotation, a bigger wing, the Mavericks liked him, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that doesn't help your salary cap situation. But here's the thing. Now you can basically do it while still preserving salary cap because you dumped Josh Richardson, tr- got the trade player you know, exception, and now you can target players in that same price range and you're basically going to add them for free if, if, that team is saying like, hey, they're in a it's it's normally like a, th- a third team in a, in a deal, right? It's a two teams are trying to negotiate something. They're trying to pull off a bigger deal. Let's say it like Portland and Philly, it, it, you know, does a, you know, CJ Ben Simmons something. And it's like, we need to find a home for Derek Jones Jr. And they yeah. call up Dallas. You got this exception. Will you take this? We'll give you it. You know, we'll give you a second. Also, Dallas has the exception to do it. Yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and look at some of these guys. I mean, this is a, the hoops hype player salary for next season. Uh, these are some of the guys in the range the Mavericks could trade for. My number one option, I think, for this is pretty uh, is uh, is Zion Williamson. He makes ten point nine ten point seven million dollars. The Mavericks have a ten point nine million dollar traded player exception. Let's call up Jake Madison of the Pelicans. Let's you heard it here first. Let's do the deal right now. It's done. Zion to the Mavs confirmed. <laughs> But, uh, but right underneath him, though, Larry Nance Jr. Yeah. Like, what? What's his role? You know, with the Cavs move. He also he obviously has another year on his deal. But that's a type of player to where if the Cavs do like a bigger deal, or they're like, hey, we're trying to shed some money, they can't get off the Kevin Love contract. Will somebody take Larry Nance and give us a second for you know for for Nance? It's like Dallas has this exception now that they can do that. So. That's that's the benefit of we're going to talk about the salary cap space, you know, that it creates for Dallas this summer and that more flexibility in that here in a second. But I think that the exception is something to point out, too, because it's always nice to have one of those under your belt that you can use and especially that there's going to be trades and stuff to go down soon. Yeah. So if you're watching on YouTube, we have the, the hoops hype salary pulled up. If you're listening on a podcast, Larry Nance Jr., $10.7 million this upcoming season. And then it goes down to $9.6 million the next season. So it's a, it's, it's down. And then he'd be, that's just the final year of his contract. He would be obviously my number one choice. I think he would fit well. He's like, uh, he's like what, He's like Maxi, but more athletic. Little, let, little, not not as good of a shooter. A uh, little bit better of a passer. Like just a couple of things different there, but would be an absolutely great fit for the Mavericks, I think, in that uh, backup five type role. Especially uh, if that let, defender, thing. yeah, all that. Let's say Dallas, it, you know, engages in a signing trade with Kyle Lowry and like a Dwight Powell or Maxi's in that deal. Or what if between you know over the next forty eight hours, Dallas does another like salary cap shedding move you know to where they they send Dwight Powell to San Antonio or something to where they create a little bit more cap space and it's one of those guys in the front court because we detailed the other day like hey there's three contracts for Dallas they want to create more flexibility it's Josh Richardson Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber because they always they all make in that eight to eleven million dollar range well Josh is the guy that's out the door right now if they want to create more space 
But if it's one of those, you know, front court guys, now you have the exception. And if you could go get a Larry Nance, if Cleveland, if if it takes two future seconds to get get Larry Nance, well, there's your Dwight Powell or Maxi replacement in the front court just by using that exception. So, I brilliant move with the Josh Richardson move for Dallas and Boston. But who are some other names on this list that like you would be interested in? Yeah, so you start looking and you see some. I mean, a lot of them are on rookie deals, so it's like Anthony Edwards. Like they're not going for that. The, the Zion one is obviously a joke. Uh, Jeremy Lamb's guy makes ten point five. I don't know if he addresses anything for the Mavericks. Uh, Al Farouk Camino, ten point one million dollars expiring deal. If if that team just wanted to get rid of him, uh, if George Hill, ten million dollars. That one is a, a real one. If they wanted to add a veteran guard, that's a guy I think that maybe they could target. Uh, and then another one right under him, Thomas Sedaransky. If they want. Um, if if the uh, you know if the Bulls don't want to keep him anymore, he's expiring. They think they're going to lose him. Then you trade him, or if he requests a trade or something, uh, yeah. So those are a couple of guys that I think uh, the Mavericks could could target there. What about my bestie right underneath Sadaransky there? Slow mo, <laughs> the nemesis, Kyle Anderson. He makes nine point nine million dollars. That one could be one. But the other thing is you have to think about the other team. Why would this other team just give up some of these players? So, like, the Sadaransky one doesn't really make sense. The George Hill one doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, Jay Crowder fits in this, but why would the Suns give up him? Well, Derek Favors is the one that's interesting. And then there's another one. Uh, Derek Favors makes uh, 9.7. He just got traded to the Thunder. The Thunder always love picks, and so maybe you trade a pick with him. And then Royce O'Neal makes 8.8. Those are two guys, if the if – the, Jazz wanted to clear up some more space and didn't want to pay as much tax, then they could get off of those guys. But I think they already made that move with favors. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be a big fan of using on favors, especially with the player option that next season. It just makes sense for the Jazz to make a move like that because they just did it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Derek Jones Jr., I know we, we, I mentioned him a while ago, but Montres Harrell, he makes 9.7. Montrezl Harrell just thought he was going to Sacramento, and exactly. maybe maybe he wanted to go there, and now all of a sudden, last second, he got sent to Washington, where he's now. I mean, this is a, that's a weird spot for him to be in. I guess he he plays center there, but if he wants to play the four, he's playing behind like you have Rui, you have Denny, you have Kuzma still, you have like all these guys that are already there. Uh, so if he didn't want to play there, then maybe that's an option for the Mavericks to trade this. Yeah, I think Harold, Derek Jones Jr., those are both great options. Jones Jr. would probably be uh, my top pick out of these guys. That Yeah, I like him a lot. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be you know in the 9 to 10 range, too. You can always yeah. split, split the exception up. You yep. can always take a guy that's, you know, 4 to 5 million or, you know, Orlando says, Mo Bamba, will you give us like, two seconds for Mo Bamba? You know, it's like, it just gives you a flexibility that I know we laugh about, you know, traded player exceptions and TPs and all this stuff because, you know, teams set on them and it's like, Oh, cool. You have this $25 million exception. That means you can fit Bradley Beal into the, and it's like, it doesn't work like that, <laughs> but it allows you to be that third team. And it allows you to where if you go out and you spend money and you're really kind of, uh, you know, capped out a little bit as far as like spending, but you have this exception at the same time. It, it it gives you something in your back pocket that you can say, all right, let's go get somebody as a third team in a deal to take on some money. Or if you're going to you know, like really pursuing somebody to put a couple seconds on the board and say, hey, can we get this guy? So, yep. Smart so, move. Smart move all around by, by Dallas pulling this off. Yeah, I think so. So there's a couple options there. There's really not a lot of guys that, I mean, you're really on your, 
you're really making more than 10 million a year or you're like a minimum guy. <laughs> like that middle class in the NBA, or at least if that's what the middle class is, it's just, there's just not a lot. Yeah. And you could also look at, you know, look at some guys coming up that might be due for some ex- extensions. Like you look at what Brooklyn did with Landry Shamit. They probably looked at that saying, you know, we're not going to be able to pay Landry Shamit. It's not like he's going to get 20 a year, but they probably were uncomfortable with what they were going to have to pay him. So they ship him off for something else. So are there players in those similar type of situations that have a, you know, contract extension coming up maybe like next year that their team is saying, Hey, we're not going to give them that, whatever it is that Dallas could say, well, you know what? We'll take a flyer on it for a year and we might pay him next year. So there you go. There was one name on this list that really stood out to me. Ooh, I'm ready. Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't even. We know Jason Kidd loved Michael Carter-Williams. <laughs> but let's talk. Can we talk about the cap space? Maybe after the break, we can. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Josh Richardson being traded to Boston for basically nothing. It gives Dallas more cap space this summer. Absolutely. We'll talk about the cap space. We'll talk about a couple of draft thoughts coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into it. We've been talking about the Josh Richardson trade. What about the cap space? What about that intrigues you that now that they have cleared up that space, which, to be honest, I kind of assumed that they, they would be off that deal, but they did make the move, uh, and now they have the cap space. They have, uh, Bobby Marks pointed out, they have the cap space now to um, to you know go after Kyle Lowry and give him the money that he would want. Yeah, you know, if they decline Willie's team option, um, yeah. it should give them around $34 million to spend and you know that's obviously factoring tim hardaway he has the huge cap hold so you immediately go to that and i think cap, i just want to i just want to explain for a listener cap hold yeah. 28 million dollars that's a placeholder for a player that gives you the bird rights so if they decided they wanted to uh sign him then they would you know hold on to that cap hold they would have whatever how many more they had like five million dollars over that they use that so now they're like at that and they can sign Tim Hardaway to go over the cap, but that $28 million sits there as a placeholder. So you can't use that whole cap. So you can't use the 30 million and then sign Tim Hardaway over the cap, yeah. uh, you know, just to whatever number you want. You have to have that 28 million in place. And so that's why, why you'll see some teams, they renounce the rights to this player. They renounce the rights. So they'll, re- the, the Mavericks will probably, unless they're going to just re-sign him, renounce the rights to Tim Hardaway Jr. Cause he's not going to make $28 million. Yeah, and then they'll they'll just sign him using their cap space. So yeah. you know, if they do that fairly quick, let's just say just for the easy sake of it, I don't I don't think he'll get twenty. I want to say around eighteen. Um, but let's just say twenty. Let's. I'm gonna go they- back to my list. There's too many guys wanting twenty. There's Dennis Schroeder. There's you know Devontae Graham was I was out there as a guy that might get twenty million dollars. Well, Walker Mel locked on Hornets said that. Uh, there's you know Reggie Jackson. There's Norman Powell. There's like so many of these guys. These two guards, the, you know, one to two guards that are in that weird mid mid range of not an all star, not even close, but a role player. Like all those guys can't get twenty million. There's not enough money out there. Yeah. So there's there's two routes to this. There is. If you want to try to do Kyle Lowry and Tim Hardaway, then you're going to have to shed Dwight or Maxi probably. And because if, if Lowry's go, making 30 million, which we if, think he would. if Lowry's, if Lowry's even willing to take 26 to 30. So let's just say this, let's say right off the bat, they signed Tim, they renounced Tim. They signed Tim to $18 million a year. That leaves you with roughly like $16 million. Lowry's not coming in for $16 million. So 
then it's like, let's just say you find a way to shit. Then what are Nico's relationships all about, Isaac? I thought he had relationships. He can't bring him here. He can't make that happen. Like, listen, Kyle, do you want to do <laughs> the Lowry one signature shoe, Nike? We can <laughs> we can do it next. Jason Kidd goes, hold on. Now, I know you've liked your agency, but what about Excel? <laughs> At Excel, we can take you further. He's like, wait, are you an agent? He's like, no, I'm a coach, but you can excel farther in your but then you so you have you have $16 million. So <laughs> let's just say they say they find, you know, they they send Dwight Powell to San Antonio. Well, then it clear then you're around what yeah. 27 million at that point. Then you're talking in the Kyle Lowry thing. But I think what a lot of people are looking at this, and you know, immediately when that number was thrown out today of Dallas can now have $34 million, it's the Kyle Albert's going to get paid. And if he's wanting 30 to 35 million, New Orleans is setting there with roughly 36 million. Now, if that's the price tag and Dallas is willing to say, we will start bidding with anybody out there and it starts at 30, then Dallas is now in the game. And however you feel about that, if you like, however you, you like, I know some fans are out there saying, why are we going to give $30 million to an older Kyle Lowry? We get that every time we talk about Lowry. And I'm like, we talk about, I think we explain this all the time. Two years, you know, three years, whatever, you know, whatever the length of that is, if that's the price tag for Kyle Lowry, now Dallas is in that game. Because if New Orleans is sitting there saying, we'll give you 35 a year, but Dallas is sitting there saying, well, dang, we can give you like, I don't know, like 25. That's a big difference for Kyle Lowry. I don't know what means the most to him right now, but that's a big difference. So I think it just shows you a, a commitment to Dallas of saying, man, we're, we're going to be there and we're going to be at the, at the table. What, what gets tricky about it is, and this is what Mavs fans don't want to hear is what if you put all the eggs in the basket for Kyle Lowry and the asking price is 30 to 35 and internally they make the decision we want Lowry over Tim if we have to pick. And they put all the eggs in the basket for Kyle Lowry. He waits a few days and he picks Miami or whoever it is. And Tim goes elsewhere. And you're like, well, dang, we don't have Lowry or Tim. That is the Dwight Howard conundrum. <laughs> exactly. And so that's the worst case scenario in that you would hope that, you know, the relationship with Tim, you know, gives you a little bit of, but it's a business and players get screwed over in the business too. So, I like, I don't blame teams players get screwed over, right? Like, yeah, I don't blame players too. Whenever it's right. like, if a team's like, Hey, wait, but it, you know, Miami's sitting there saying, we'll give you 18 a year, Tim, but why are you waiting on? So I, I don't blame players at the same time. So hopefully this is where relationships and connections <laughs> come into play. <laughs> By the way, the max that the Mavericks could give him or that anyone could give him is $40 million. That's the, Ooh. the Ooh. maximum for a new contract in 2021. Uh, which is uh, that's a lot. Sheesh. A lot of money. I, I think the only team that has that much is San Antonio, right? I guess. Just oh, straight up. New, York, straight New York's up, up there. Yeah, New York's got that money. That's another sneaky thing, too. New York moved back a couple times, gave himself another two to three extra million in, in cat space this summer. But push came to shove. I know. I feel like we've talked about this before, but if the asking price for Lauer is $30 million, and that's pretty much what you got to give for him, and it's like two or three years, and Lowry's sitting there telling you, hey, Dallas, I'll sign with you right now, two years, $60 million. But it means you have to say bye to Tim Hardaway. Are you doing that with Lowry? Oof. I Man, I think, I like, 
All, I'm starting to think like Lowry without Tim Hardaway. All of a sudden, you're shooting like you're just really struggling in the shooting department. But you have a no. Okay, well, I don't want to set up. <laughs> you have a okay. I'll say it this way: you have a definitive three, right? You have Top a, three. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have a definitive three. I was gonna say a big three, but uh, you have a you have a definitive three at that point. Of, Why is it big three? All of a sudden, like just this thing, like only reserved for the best of the best. Like I was leaving American Airlines was, Center. By the way, on draft night, it was super late. And all the big three stuff is there in the arena. Oh, and for I was the, like, the, the big three league, like Ice Cube's Yeah, and they're league. like coming in. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know this was still a thing. But Are they playing this weekend? We should go. I, yeah, I mean, all the, yeah, there's everything is being set up. So I'm assuming I was, was literally standing in, in the arena under the Jumbotron talking on the phone and there was no court on the floor. <laughs> I was just standing on concrete. So I guess it's being put up this week. Or That's got to look really weird. Very weird. Very weird. See but. no court or no ice, like nothing in the AAC. Very weird. Uh, all right. Anything else on Josh Richardson? We've talked about, um, you know, the Lowry thing, that the cap space that it that brings. And, I mean, it's not Lowry or bust, I, I don't think. I think there's some other guys out there. Well, well, I think the other, like, let's just say Lowry goes to New Orleans or Miami. Now, you still have a lot of extra money. You still can, let's just say Split you signed you signed Tim right off the bat for $18 million. We have 16 freaking million dollars that you can go like go shopping at that point. You can go to the mall and get you some cool shoes at that point for Nike. So that's the, you have $16 million to go. I mean, you can get a significant like player for your team with $16 million, or you can split it up. Like you said, 10 and six million. So could you go get Dragic and someone, you know, somebody else like, I mean, yeah. bringing bringing Dragic as your secondary creator. Uh, I've seen a lot of people in the chat. Maybe they're Slovenian. Maybe they're not. Say, why would we want Kyle Lowry at thirty five million? We get Dragic at much less, and his stats were better last year. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a couple of reasons. You know, defensively, you know, the, I think the leader, the veteran leadership, the one a championship, those kind of things. But uh, I'm I'm down for Dragic as, as being the guy as long as they can get somebody else. Can they get Dragic and Otto Porter? Can they get Dragic and uh, you know some one of, one of these other wings? And then still have the traded player exception too. That if you could go out and you say like that, yeah, you're right. getting multiple guys right then in your rotation. There's also some cap stuff in this of like the order of events of them operating as an over the cap team under cap. Like there's all those details that we're not getting into right now that I'm sure will be detailed out over the next few days on how Dallas can order this to where if they're over the cap they can use you know part of the MLE all this different stuff, but. We can we can hold up on that as that yeah, will be yeah. flushed out over the next forty eight to you know seventy two hours. I know you were live for like a thousand hours over on the the Mavs dot com stream, Richard. but any any draft thoughts? I shared a couple yesterday when we were on with Richard. Uh, by the way, we talked about all the undrafted guys the Mavericks picked up too with Richard. He he knows all he knows all of them. He scouted a lot of them. So go oh, check out that video on YouTube or go listen to it. It's the third segment on the podcast yesterday. So if you want to hear about those guys, go listen to that podcast. Uh, but just and any still, thoughts on those guys or, or the draft at all? Yeah, still more names to come to that. They got to, you know, to those names of they're going to sign for the summer league, you know, coming up really soon in a couple of weeks. So I, I'm just, I mean, I'm just intrigued by the, you know, the guy with seven foot nine wingspan, NAI guy, <laughs> Onu. And, EJ uh, Onu. Yeah, he's, he's going to be fun. I just want to see, I just want to see him. So I like part of his story. And um, I don't know about a couple of the other guys. I know the Louisville guy is a good defender, but, um, I mean, gosh, I mean, we could go a million different directions with the, with the yeah. draft. 
Uh, I did. Yes, I did talk about it for three hours because that first round was three hours long. It was so long. What are we doing? We planned for it to be two hours long. And I was, I think, okay, five minutes between each pick. There's 30 picks. The first, the first round was, was legitimately three hours. It's supposed to be two and a half hours. If you do, if every, if every team takes the full five minutes, it's supposed to be two and a half. Like that's the longest it should be. It was three. That's wild. Okay, so some initial draft thoughts from me. It was 30 minutes longer than the longest it should have been. Anyway, I'm, I'm not complaining. Two, we had a, a six-hour broadcast for Locked On. That's wild. That is crazy. Um, two, two ex-Mavs assistant coaches have some really fun young teams. And I was happy for Steven Silas and Jamal Mosley. Yeah. I, I liked what Houston did. Like mm. As unfortunate as I that is, you know, to get Jalen Green a top, you know, he, yeah, he's a top pick worthy player you, to get his buddy and Josh Christopher, but the freaking Garuba had to go there. I love Garuba and now I got to root <laughs> against him in, in Houston, but for them to get Shingun to where they got him, I, I, mean, think I just, he, he's my guy. I think he's going to be good. I'm excited I, for him. I just, I love their draft. They have no expectations, just suck. And they have a million draft picks. Like that's fun. That's a guy who's going to be good. Exactly. And then for Orlando, I mean, you get Jalen Suggs to fall to you at five and mostly get Suggs. Like, Suggs better than any of those other guys in the backcourt. And that, that's coming from me, who I like, Cole Anthony. But, and then you get Franz Wagner. Like, you're getting Wagner and a Jonathan Isaac on the wings. Like, assuming he's back healthy. Like, that's a lot of fun. Two 6'10 dudes who can defend. And I, I just, I'm so happy for Mosley and that team. And so, yeah, that was one of my takeaways. I mean, you know, I love James Booknight. Charlotte just hook league pass Charlotte Hornets games up to my veins because I just I think I just want can I just get the Charlotte Hornets package on league pass because James Booknight LaMelo LaMelo just I mean Miles Bridges just sign me up for all of this okay I love PJ Washington too I thought they made yeah I mean they got Kai Jones too like later in the draft when people thought he was gonna go to 11th uh, they made the trade for Plumley, and I, I just yeah, I, I love what Charlotte. Does that did. mean Cody Zeller's gone? Can you have a Plumley and a Zeller on the same team? I feel like Ooh. that's illegal in the CBA. <laughs> okay, where were, where did you stand on the Warriors? Did they take the guys just? Oh, for, they got JT Thor too. That was the other. I was trying to figure out who the last pick. guy is. That was another yeah, interesting Auburn one guy, they, yeah. they picked up. Where were you at with the Warriors? You know, picks. Were you okay? Solid picks that now they can now they have like a young core that's on a different timeline or it's. It's just odd. yeah. It's just odd to me. They have two teams. They're trying to walk and chew gum at the same time. It seems like because they they pick Kuminga, who's like one of the rawest prospects in the in the top of the draft, and they get Moody, who's like love kind of can kind of can come in and play now, but is also going to be raw too. And just as a rookie, and they they didn't make a trade. They were only going to hold out, I think, for Bradley Beal or somebody like that. Uh, and so now they have this core of like you said. They have they have this weird team where it's like Draymond and Steph and they Clay have two big threes and then they have, yeah they have Draymond and Clay and Steph they have Wiggins like in the middle doing whatever and oh, like Jordan yeah. Poole and, and them and then they have this James Wiseman uh you know Kuminga and Moody mm-hmm. core and you're like what is this team trying to be now maybe it works out where those guys get to train and play every day with with Steph Clay and Draymond and that's good for them but it's not good in the short term for them. I see I just think it's I think it's trade assets. I think it's 
Them Wait, how the- long have we been? I'm, I'm, Raphael said this on Lockdown NBA. How long have we been saying that Golden State's going to trade these picks? I, we've been talking about this for a year. Maybe they're yeah. just waiting for the right situation, but well, they, we talked about it with the Wiseman saying- draft. We talked about it now with this draft. Like It's been yeah. two years we've been talking about them using these draft picks to trade, and they haven't done it. But who are they trading for? I think them, just like Ben Simmons, they're waiting for Lillard or Bradley Beal. And if you're Golden State, you take two, you take these two guys who for a lot of time, like Kaminga's been in the top five forever of this draft. And now he's recently, you know, fell into mock drafts. Moody was in some people's mock drafts in like a top 10 pick, seven, eight, nine being considered up to there. So these guys I, just lose so much value as soon as you attach a name to it. They do. To me. But like, I you don't get the same value for, you know, Kuminga that you do for, oh, a top five pick or, you know, top Okay, seven but what if they took Duarte because all oh, he can play now with this team? You're not going to take him. You take two guys who have, like, they're, yeah, they're no, going to have lose higher all, value. He doesn't lose yeah. all his value for sure. No, but it, they do lose value. It is like, a, a you know, buying a new car. Like, as soon as you pull it off the lot, it's for sure. worth less, it seems, than when it could be that, that team that actually makes the pick and they get to decide. And there's something about having the power over deciding who it is that is more valuable than a guy that was picked that now we have to fold into our organization. 100%. But I, and I, I do think, like, if Bradley Bill's getting traded in a month or something or whatever it is, a package of Wiseman, Moses Moody, Kaminga, and Future First with Wiggins. I mean, that that still sounds like a pretty impressive package <laughs> to me. And so you don't I, think I, Wiseman like Wiseman has lost so much value? I feel like after that first year, as opposed to being the number two pick. I I think people would. I, I still think people believe in him. Can I can I ask you this? What was your biggest? The only, the only person that has to believe in him is Tommy Shepard and say yes. And that's and true. Accept the wizard strain. What what was the biggest surprise for you? Giddy, Zaire, or Primo? Oh, we we ranked these. I actually ranked Scotty Barnes because I just thought for sure that Suggs was going to go there. Uh, Raphael was not as surprised at Scotty Barnes, so I I'm going like to say some people mentioned Barnes there. I'm going to say Giddy. Uh, I think Giddy was was just a, such a surprising pick, and uh, I had I actually got to break the news to Rylan. Oh, I Rylan, saw his face. It was great. Rylan Styles was live was live on the Zoom with me. And uh, he was waiting, and I don't think he had Twitter pulled up in front of him. And I was like, I was like, it's giddy. And if you're watching on YouTube, or you can just go to my Twitter at Nick Van Exit, scroll through my tweets. This was his face when I told him that it was Josh Giddy. It looks like Jesus is returning through the clouds. <laughs> no, no, no. It looks like Jesus is returning, except for instead of Jesus, it was like a polar bear. He's like, this is not what I expected at all. <laughs> Uh, but awesome. yeah, that was just such a surprising pick because he went so much higher than people thought, and uh, they thought they were going. You know, it's just it was just a surprising pick overall. I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, he was surprising. That was the first one. I was like, "Whoa, that's fun." Zaire, I got you my called other two- it. You <laughs> called it. I got the other two predictions wrong, but this one was the only one I got right. Um, I thought OKC would move in the top three. They didn't. I thought Dallas would move into the draft. They didn't. But I did my other bold one was there in the top 12. Primo was my biggest shock. Yeah, that one was, <laughs> what was the really crap? shocking. And, yeah, that one. And I don't want to like, it's not a like on his talent. It's just anything, any research. I'm We're you know more of the parachute guys because we don't follow the draft all year round. It's like anything you're reading or mock drafts and all this stuff about Primo is like late 20s early second and for him to go 12 was like shocker when Shingu was on the board it's like San Antonio 
Shane Goon's like your guy. I mean, like that fits your your brand. But and I also want to shout out the Nets. I thought the Nets had a quietly good night. That they flipped Shamit. They walked out of the draft with Javon Carter, Cam Thomas, and Dayron Sharp. Like I just for a team that's going to spend so much money on you know obviously their big names. Darren Sharp's arguably the best rebounder in the draft. Cam Thomas should not have lasted as long as he did. Javon Carter's going to be a fun, you know, like Javon Carter and Bruce Brown coming off the bench. Like that's defense for days. So I just thought the Nets had a quietly good draft night. I'm trying to figure out where <laughs> Chad Ford had Josh Primo at 36 on his big board right before the draft. Dang. That's wild. <laughs> That's insane. And and he's talking to he's talking to a lot of people. He's talking to he's talking to scouts. He's talking to GM. So like he's not just going off of this is what my eyes see. He's going off of this is what NBA teams are saying too. And that, that's where they had him. That's <laughs> that crazy. aggregate of all that together. I thought that was was wild. Anyway, I want to pull that up because that's <laughs> just such a. But he's the youngest player. In the, it was it was weird. The youngest player of the draft and the oldest player were, were picked back to back at Duarte and Primo. Yeah. And I mean, we've went this whole time. We didn't talk about Russ. And I just audibly laughed walking down the sidewalk when the Russ thing happened. And I was outside AAC, walk, actually walking through Victory Park when it popped up on my phone. And I just la- laughed. I'm like, I just instantly went to the playoffs <laughs> when LeBron and them were setting in the paint, daring him to shoot two years ago. And I'm like, bro, that's like y'all. Are and they went and chose him. But I think the hates went a little too far. He's going to be great for him the regular season. They need another yeah, playmaker yeah. creator. It'll help LeBron. I get all of that. There's still it's it just all comes down to the playoffs. What happens? AD's going to have to play the five. They're not going to be able to play a big next to AD. And I mean, it's it makes them easier to root against, right? Ain't right, right, right. Russ's resume now is all of a sudden insane. The players he's played with. Durant. He's got he's got those goodbye messages down. Durant, Harden, Beal, uh, man, now now LeBron, Anthony Davis, like, man, that is a resume of Poku. No, he didn't play with Poku. He did not play with Poku. You just made the same joke Rasilla made. Did you do that on purpose? Did he really? No, he I made that, he I made that exact same joke on. The, I haven't on listened their, to those pods. Podcast, which is <laughs> they, they dropped like I don't know fourteen hours of pods and have. So they did. They did a live green room and they just draft. They just dropped the audio from the live green room. Okay. Uh, so like some the first couple ones that it's like live during the draft. So like, oh, this is happening. This is happening. Uh, okay, okay. Um, instead of doing like a live show or something like that. But yeah, okay. What do you think about so? Are, are the Lakers the number one seed? Do you think that this makes them the number one seed? To me, it's like to me even more so than just Westbrook's. Uh, I think their depth is really going to struggle. And if then, one of them goes down, if one yeah. of them goes down, like Anthony Davis and Westbrook and LeBron just had injuries too. Like these are not guys that are healthy all the time like iron yeah, man you do have marcus all um <laughs> is mckinney still under that's like the only guy they have left on the roster no they're about to do some dumb crap they're gonna get some players to come there on the minimum contract they're like why are you going there on the minimum and lebron's gonna i don't know put them in some movie and get them some money and uh they have but- luol dang's contract they have marcus all they have mckinney on a non-guarantee of 1.9 they have Horton Tucker on, uh, you know, as a restricted free agent. So they'll probably else, like, yeah, they'll probably like sign and trade Horton Tucker for something like really good or something. Yeah, but I think they have the rights to Caruso, Morris, you know, Andre Drummond, Dennis Schroeder, still West oh, West Matthews. So like, dear they, Heavenly Father, please, I'm gonna do a live prayer right now. Please, 
bring Drummond back to LA to have Westbrook and Drummond together. Amen. Good morning, Isaac. <laughs> Is that the voice? Uh, that's incredible. Okay, I want to make a plug before we get off. If you listen to this yes. on Saturday morning, you have a chance. Saturday morning, you have a chance to see us and a lot of other Mavs media. IRL. See us IRL in yes. real life. In real life at the pub in McKinney. Get there around lunchtime, okay, because there's going to be Mavs fans there. And we're raising money for Jonathan Charks, a good friend of ours. Yep. But we're going to be doing a live Q&A. Nick, myself, Bobby, Tim Cato, The Machine, Garuya, Austin. Like, there's going to be a lot of people there. You almost said Garuba just then. I, I did. I started to say Garuba. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a lot of people there. Live Q&A, talking all about the Mavs, offseason, Josh Richardson talk. It'll be a lot of fun. Jeff Skin Wade will be there. A lot of people will oh, be there. And be so, so uh, let's have fun with it. Let's talk Mavs. I know we've said this before. There's people that reach out to us at, at games and like, hey, can we connect? Can we meet? Listen to the pod a lot. And Mavs, you know, Mavs games are crazy for us sometimes because we're working them and stuff. And but now's the time. Super laid back. We'll be there for I think it's like three or four hours. A large portion of proceeds will go towards you know John, his family. John and his wife will be there. So come out, have fun. Let's talk. Come about do Mavs. some day drinking with us. <laughs> there you go. Come have fun. Let's talk Mavs. There you go. We'll be there, guys. Thanks for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Oh.